0: Games Rated E to M. Welcome to Nintendo Power Podcast. This episode, we look back on 35 years of The Legend of Zelda with our favorite games and memories from the series. My name is Chris, and this episode I'm joined by two members of Nintendo Treehouse. Ethan, hi Ethan, welcome back. Hey Chris, good to be back. And Audrey, hi Audrey, thanks for coming on the show.
1: Hi Chris, so nice to be here.
0: Now this marks uh, the thirty-fifth anniversary year of a series that I know is very near and dear to all our hearts, the Legend of Zelda. And since we're almost out of episodes for the year, I really wanted to take this chance to recognize the anniversary by talking all about the series today. And I couldn't have been, uh, or I couldn't have asked for two bigger Legend of Zelda fans <laughs> to talk to about the Triforce, Ocarinas, and everything in between. So, are you two ready to kick things off? Let's always, it. always. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Great. Well. I'm going to start things off with a bang and put you both on the spot and ask you to each list your personal top three all-time favorite Legend of Zelda games. Oh, my. And, uh, you know, you'll start with number three, your number three game. Talk a little about, about why you chose it, then move on to number two and, and finally finish with your top pick. So...
2: Ethan, you want to go first? Sure. Yeah, I can go first. Um, I'll start by saying this is a tricky exercise for somebody like me because I kind of feel I've never been somebody with movies really or like books where I have like a an absolute favorite. It kind of changes a lot. And I feel that way about the Legend of Zelda series as well. Kind of day of the week or what mood I'm in might dictate you know what game I think is a favorite of mine. Um, But three I picked um, that I was I was kind of giving some thought to, and and three I picked this time. I'll start with the number three was The Legend of Zelda: Link Between Worlds uh, for the Nintendo 3DS, Um, and I loved that game took me by surprise. I worked in the localization team uh, in the treehouse. I didn't work on that game. So sometimes when we work on games like that, you kind of see everything, you know, Um, and I was I was actually happy. I hadn't worked on that one as much as I wanted to because when I played it, it was completely fresh for me. And I, you know, I think as we probably all did, grew up um, with games like um, Legend of Zelda: A Link to the Past, and loved that with the light world and the dark world. Um, and so I loved getting to kind of see the structure of of that brought back in um, uh, Legend of Zelda: A Link Between Worlds. But also uh, like additions and you know, interesting takes on the classic Legend of Zelda formula, like the ability to rent items from Ravio, um, so you could get access to some pretty key items um, early on in the game. Uh, you know whereas we'd been trained to like beat a dungeon, get a particular item, use it to defeat bosses. So I loved that new take and that kind of continuation of um, the story of Legend of Zelda linked to the past. Um number two for me would probably be uh the Legend of Zelda, uh the Wind Waker HD. And the reason I specify the HD version, I I loved the game on the GameCube, but right around the time um that the HD version came out, uh, my daughter uh was diagnosed with type one diabetes. And um she, you know, it was we're, you know, it's Definitely something that we're used to now, but at the time she was six, and it was a lot to handle. With you know needing to check her blood sugar, and so it, you know it was it was going into the the holidays, and you know up here in Seattle area, it gets kind of dark and and uh, and cold and wet, and so. That game had just come out and my daughter was not familiar with The Legend of Zelda series yet and having to deal with this, you know, this new kind of unpleasant experience um, and the, as you guys are, are aware, the, the graphical styling of uh, the world of, of Legend of Zelda The Wind Waker is so inviting and warm and, you know, recognizable to children who are familiar with cartoons and things like that. And we played through that game together. Um, you know, I played I played the game with, you know, advice from her, and she absolutely loved it. And, you know, today she is now thirteen and beat the breath, you know, The Legend of Zelda, the Breath of the Wild all on her own and is and is a, a stalwart Legend of Zelda series fan. So that one's particularly close to my heart. But I have to save the number one spot for the original. Uh, The Legend of Zelda on the NES. Um, And that's just because it was my introduction to the series um, and I still go back and play it every once in a while. Um, I love how... Uh, you know, you're really not given much in the way of instruction, partly because of the technology at the time. They didn't have a lot of, of space in the game to give you a tutorial. Um, and it's really left up to the player to figure out this world of mystery and secrets and uh, go explore dungeons and fight monsters and recover treasures in your search for the Triforce. And um, I just find it so iconic and have a lot of nostalgia for it. So that's got the number one spot for me. That's an amazing list, and one of the cool things about it is is uh, it, it didn't include any of the
0: games that are on my list. But <laughs> I love every one of those games that you mentioned. It just shows you how many amazing games there are in the series, mm-hmm. and that's a great point. Uh, you know, to be honest, I had kind of it had slipped my mind a little bit about the Legend of Zelda: The Wind Waker HD. I really loved that version. How they sped up the sailing a little bit, yep. and and uh, and uh, and you know, added some other new enhancements. I really loved how the Wii U gamepad was used. Mm-hmm. And it it just took – and I think that game actually, the original Nintendo GameCube version, has held up very well in particular Mm -hmm. because of that graphical style. Mm -hmm. But um, it just took it to a whole other level. And uh, wow, that's a great story. It also reminds me um, just very briefly of how um, it was The Legend of Zelda, The Minish Cap on Game Boy Advance that I was actually playing uh, in the delivery room uh, before my son was born. (laughs) While my while my wife was resting mm-hmm. and I was too amped up to rest, so I just I, I played the game. I think I actually finished it there. But um yeah, there's a lot of great stories and we've got some from the fans we're gonna get into later oh, as awesome. well about families kind of coming together around mm-hmm. these games. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, all right, so Audrey, what about your top three?
1: All right. So first of all, great list, Ethan. And <laughs> uh, somehow ours don't overlap either, which again is just, just a testament to how many incredible games there are in the Legend of Zelda series. So yeah. Uh I will say that one and two on my list are a bit controversial. You'll see why when we get there, <laughs> but um, <laughs> this is a long-standing list. It hasn't really changed much. I, I stand by it with every fiber of my being. <laughs> so uh, number three for me is actually The Legend of Zelda The Minish Cap. Uh, <laughs> I, I love that game. It's so... It's so bright and so, so fun. Uh, I adore the Minish. I love all of the the lore that they added to the world. Ezlo is one of my favorite sidekicks. I love Ezlo yes. so much. Um, I, I love the relationship between Link and Zelda in that game, the way that they were kind of childhood friends and got to be kids together. You, you don't often get to see that between them. So I just loved having a game where... Uh, where we got to have that and uh, the items, uh, like the moments. I love the moments. I would like real life moments and uh, (laughs) uh, the shrinking mechanic was just so fresh and I just adore that game. So a good good choice for your uh, your son's birthday (laughs) to play on that day. Um, (laughs) uh, My number two choice is Majora's Awakening. It's uh, I won't choose between (laughs) them. It's it's the Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask and uh, the Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening. I won't choose. You can't make me choose. Um, uh, Both of those games are each so impactful. Um, uh, The the Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask, uh, especially the 3D version, which I had the great honor of of working on. Uh, It's just such a a dark but beautiful story. I I love the the loneliness of the school kid and uh, the uh, the world of Termina. How you kind of get to see all of these people and how their their lives unravel uh, unravel over the course of these three days. You get to see in a way how they face their own mortality. It's just such a such a a deep story. It really. It's one of those games that I've kind of grown up with. I, I appreciate it more the older that I get. And uh, every time I replay it, which is way too often, uh, I just get more and more out of it. So that one's really special to me. And uh, The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening is is similar to me. It's just I, I think about it all the time, actually. Uh, the Windfish and and... Uh, uh, well, I, I don't. I know we're talking all things Zelda, but I kind of don't want to spoil it because it's such a such a wonderful story and a wonderful surprise. But I'll say that uh, I think it's it's such a beautiful metaphor and such a beautiful story. So those two combined are are my number two favorite Zelda <laughs> game, and then, we'll favorite, yes. <laughs> and then my top favorite. Yes, and then my top number one Zelda game, which again I stand by, is. A Link to the Ocarina of the Wild. (laughs) I'm sorry. I cannot choose. I know I'm a terrible person, but I've always been, these have always been my choices. Uh, It's The Legend of Zelda, A Link to the Past, uh, The Legend of Zelda, Ocarina of Time, and uh, the more recent edition, which made my number one choice really crazy, was uh, The Legend of Zelda, Breath of the Wild. And uh, in my opinion, I think they each represent the best of... uh, a certain era of gaming, to me, uh, *The Legend of Zelda: A Link to the Past* is is the best two D game in the world. It's the best two uh, D Zelda game, and uh, I just think it's it's perfect gameplay. I love the lore, I love the gameplay, I love the items, I love the characters, I love everything about it. And uh, it's the same with *The Legend of Zelda: Ocarina of Time*. It's just uh, it was it was such a perfect step. For Zelda into the world of 3D, and uh, I, I still remember stepping outside and looking out at, at Death Mountain and at this huge world before me, and just being astounded that I could actually go and visit all of these places. It really, it really put this this sense of adventure and and wonder into my heart that that I feel every time I revisit that game, um, it's really special. And uh, the 3D version, uh, The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time 3D on Nintendo 3DS, it, it's kind of, just like the 3D version of Majora's Mask, it's kind of amazing because even though they were so beautifully remastered, to me, they, they just look like I imagined the Nintendo 64 versions looked. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I know that doesn't make sense, but uh, when I see them, I just see what I saw in the Nintendo 64 versions. So in that way, they're such, such true, um, remasters of those wonderful games. And then of course the, uh, the more recent, uh, The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, uh, to me is, is the best of modern gaming. Uh, in, in my opinion, it's just, uh, it's so open. There's so much to do, so much to explore. Uh, it deepens the lore even further. And, uh, yeah, those, those three are my favorite Zelda game.
2: <laughs> I actually love what you did there with your list, and I wholeheartedly approve of it for a couple of reasons. Because, one, I think, you know, Chris has kind of given us a bit of an impossible task. It's like uh-huh. this unsolvable Sophie's <laughs> Choice, where you're just like, no, I'm, no, I'm not going to make a decision between yes. these things I all love equally. Um, but also, I liked that with your second games with um, Legend of Zelda uh, Link's Awakening and Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask that they're both this kind of like exception to the rule, this like weird mm. twisting of the formula that produced these really interesting results. And then with your first three that, that <laughs> took your first spot, that they those really show how over the course of the series, like it's reinvented itself um, or taken itself into a new era of like gaming technology and um, and and gaming conventions, but has always remained like unmistakably the Legend of Zelda. Um, and and I love I love that you kind of have some themed groupings there. So approved on my end. I don't know what Chris Thanks. thinks, but
1: I've got Ethan's <laughs> approval. That's what counts. <laughs>
2: Well,
0: it definitely gets a full approval from me and in fact, I think we might have the exact same Legend of Zelda brain because my top 3 are basically the three games from your 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 top spot. Oh wow. <laughs> um and you know, I, I but I hadn't even I was wondering why I was settling on these games cuz really in, in any other day one or two could be switched sure. out for other games oh, because yes. I'm not as set in my list. <laughs> but I think you really nailed something there when you said that each of these games when you're talking about The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, um the legend of zelda linked to the past and then the legend of zelda breath of the wild really were defining moments and in, and in, in kind of um uh periods in in the franchise where where the rules were kind of rewritten and we got something brand new or maybe it's more accurate to say for the, the legend of zelda linked to the past that it was it was very similar to the original legend of zelda but it was such a refinement mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. it really best represents that kind of of gameplay yeah so uh and then, um, well, I'll just get to it here. I, I actually at my number three, I had the Legend of Zelda: Ocarina of Time, and actually, my favorite version of that game is the Nintendo 3DS version. Mm-hmm. I, I like what you said. Mm-hmm. It, it, it looks like you remembered the original game to look, but of course, if you go back and look at the original game now, um, you know it's. Uh, I mean, it's still an amazing game, obviously, but uh, it has aged uh, as mm-hmm. any game will. Um, but I love that, that the, the, even the, the depth of uh, I played all my 3D games with the slider all the way up, right? So Same. <laughs> I love being on the rooftops of Kakariko Village and kind of using the hookshot to get around from one place to the other. And it, it just felt so great. Um, and then, you know, if you think back historically to what that game, you know, brought to the series, like we were saying, it was such a pivotal game. Um, you know, it was the first Legend of Zelda game with, with polygonal 3D graphics. It introduced the lock-on camera to the series, which was huge. I mean... At that time we were still only a couple of years removed maybe from um, from when Super Mario 64 kind of arrived and kind of popularized 3D polygonal gaming, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know people were still kind of figuring out you know exactly how these mechanics should work for for these kinds of experiences we were used to in, in a 2D space and um, and that, that lock on camera really solved a problem. That I wasn't even really aware would have been a problem. Right. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but once you had it, and you of course it's around in many games today, it was so important. And then you got your two time periods with Young Link and Older Link, which has been kind of a recurring, you know, theme throughout the series. I think it's the first game you could ride a horse with a Epona, mm-hmm. unless I'm forgetting one. Mm-hmm. I think you're right. And uh that was a lot of fun and, and just a great story. So, you know, I think for a lot of people, this game would probably be at the very top of their list, and I, I certainly couldn't argue against it. Although I did have um, as my second favorite, um, The Legend of Zelda: a Link to the Past. Uh, it is just probably, and you know, I really love The Legend of Zelda: a Link Between Worlds. And if it wasn't for nostalgia, I don't know, maybe that one would 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 uh, win out over um, over the Super NES game. But I just remember how big it was at the time. It's aged incredibly well. I kind of rank it alongside Super Mario World and uh, Super Metroid yep. as mm-hmm. those three perfect expressions on Super NES of that, those types of, of game, the, you know, for those franchises. So, um, you know, and, and it was fun to get back to that original style of Legend of Zelda after Zelda II, The Adventure of Link, had kind of taken the combat in maybe you could say a more traditional side-scrolling mm-hmm. style. And I love that game for what it is and it's so unique, but uh, it really felt like um, like you were going back home when you went back to The Legend of Zelda, uh, Link to the Past. And then, uh, and then my favorite, The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Um, of course, I played the Nintendo Switch version. It was also on Wii U. But it really went back to that the, the spirit of the original game where all the rules were kind of thrown out the window. And yep. you weren't quite sure what to expect. So you felt like you had to try everything. And it really brought back this big sense of wonder. I think especially if you played, if you were a big fan who played, you know, The Wind Waker and then, you know, um, The Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess mm-hmm. and some of the other ones. They're all different and special in their own ways. But after a while... You know, you could start to see the patterns. You kind of knew generally what to expect, uh, but when The Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild kind of changed everything, um, it uh, it took me back to when I was a kid playing the original Legend of Zelda on NES, mm-hmm. and uh, and and so that's why I put it at my uh, my number one. But man, it, it was a great discussion. I'm glad we were able <laughs> to talk about so many different kinds of of games. Yeah.
2: Yeah. No, it was it was really interesting to hear your guys' different different picks and all the different reasons that you that you, you know, those games are your favorites are, you know, I just think examples of how, you know strong the connections that these games make with people. Um, you know, Chris hearing you relate that that personal story about, you know, the birth of your son, like when we have those things in our life that happen and we're playing a game, you know because of them or just during them, it kind of games like this kind of really mark themselves indelibly in our memory. And uh, you know, it's I think a testament to to the strength of these games, the songs, the look. We remember where we were, what we were doing in our lives when we played these games. Um, and that makes them really special to me. <laughs> it,
1: it's so true, uh, and, and I think uh, we're from similar generations, uh, Ethan and I at least, uh, mm-hmm. that we, we played uh, The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of the time. We were still pretty young, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, Chris kind of touched on this, but the way that it, it tackles kind of... Uh, having a a trial and a higher calling thrust you from childhood into adulthood, playing that as a kid is so impactful. Uh, Just seeing your hero, Link, uh, go from the state of kind of blissful innocence, uh, the innocence yep. of youth and uh, thrown into this deep responsibility of adulthood where he's challenged with facing the evil of the world and even having to confront the darkness within, uh, kind of epitomized by Dark Link emerging from his reflection. It's, mm-hmm. it, it really uh, touches you on a deep, almost subconscious level and uh, kind of raises these that game and these games from being just great games to these really uh moving unforgettable experiences
0: absolutely and you know that's that's the great you know thing you can say about every legend of zelda game is it's someone's first and um and i'm always jealous uh, or not jealous but you know envious of of people who get to re-experience all over again today what i experienced you know back when i was first getting Mm -hmm. into the series and you know there's a lot of um, I was now that we've we've kind of established kind of what kind of Legend of Zelda fans I guess we are based on our favorite games. I wanted to talk specifically about all the great Legend of Zelda games that are on Nintendo Switch. There
2: and, are a lot at this point.
0: There are. Yeah. There are I mean and as I started typing my notes up for this episode, I realized just how many I mean yeah. we've got The Legend of Zelda Breath <laughs> of the Wild, The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening, uh, and The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword HD, plus fun offshoots like the Hyrule Warriors games and Cadence of Hyrule, Crypt of the Necro Dancer, featuring The Legend of Zelda. <laughs> and then you've got the classic games like the original Legend of Zelda, Zelda II The Adventure of Link, and The Legend of Zelda Link to the Past, which are part of the uh, NES and Super NES collections, you know, that come with the Nintendo Switch Online membership. And then, just recently, um, as part of the Nintendo 64 collection mm-hmm. that comes with the Nintendo Switch Online Plus Expansion Pack membership, <laughs> we added The Legend of Zelda: Ocarina of Time. So, with this one platform, and we've
2: shown we've shown that uh, that Legend of Zelda: Majora's Mask is is coming sometime. So, look forward yes. to that as well. That's right. That's on the way. So, you know,
0: having said all of that, um, when we're talking about experiencing the series on Nintendo Switch um audrey which legend of zelda games have you maybe sunk the most time to on your nintendo or time into on your nintendo switch
1: Ooh, if we're talking nintendo switch i i I have given a fair chunk of my life to the legend (laughs) of zelda breath of the wild uh which is funny because I, i obviously uh played a lot of it during development but uh during the localization but when it came out I was, just a, I was just a Legend of Zelda fan again. Yep. I was so eager to play it day one, and I still return to it. There's still so much to do. It's one of those games that I don't think you ever really finish playing. You, know, mm-hmm. you can always go out and find something else to do, find a, another Korok or uh, something else to cook, <laughs> so another Moblin to defeat something.
0: Yeah, I'm the same way. There's still two shrines that I haven't located yet. Oh. And I, I think I've been dragging my feet on that because I you know, it, and one part of my brain is is like, come on, we can get all the Koroks. You know you want to go for it. <laughs> but the more reasonable part of my brain is saying, Well, once you finish those two shrines, you're you're essentially done. And so I think I've been putting it off and maybe waiting for a special occasion. But yeah, that is uh that is a game you can just live in, basically. Mm-hmm. That world is so vast. So, Ethan, what about you? What what uh, what have you spent the most time playing on Nintendo Switch
2: when it comes to the series? I have put a lot of time into The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, which I think is probably not that uncommon for folks who are <laughs> our Legend of Zelda fans on Nintendo Switch. Um, but I've also, like I said, I've kind of sat and watched my daughter, um, you know, play through that game. That was really her first time playing a Legend of Zelda game on her own kind of from start to finish and um, watching her you know start and struggle at the beginning with you know using two different uh, uh, control sticks. Um, to move Link and the camera at the same time getting very familiar with that has been a really rewarding you know experience for me and I've been really surprised like people talk about you know that game is really challenging Kind of like the original Legend of Zelda doesn't give you a ton of hand-holding tutorials at the beginning You kind of are let loose into the world once you get off the Great Plateau and watching her figure it out, um, and you know, helping you know when she needs it, um, but but she took on all the bosses, all the all the big challenges, and got all the way through the game. That's been really kind of a proud moment for me um, as as a parent. Um, but for personally, I really loved um, the Legend of Zelda: uh, Link's Awakening on Nintendo Switch. Um, just rediscovering that world again i was not someone who played the original game extensively um i played it a bit but Something about it, I didn't finish it when I was a little kid and and being able to just see the the lush, you know, vibrant you know recreation of this world with all the colors and and this very distinct art style that they all had um, was something that really drew me in and um, really made me see it through, you know uh, all the way to the end this time. and uh, and so I've, I really loved my time with with that game.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and you know, I, I I really enjoyed the Legend of Zelda: Link's Awakening too, and that was a game that I didn't play the original game. And I'm sorry to say this, Audrey, but I didn't play the original Game Boy version for quite for some shame. time. I just <laughs> I know I, I missed it for some reason, and then it became one of those games. You know, I'd play the the uh, the version on Game Boy Color. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, every few years I would I would kind of play part of the way through it again, and then uh, for whatever reason put it down. Finally did get through it, um, you know, at some point uh, several years ago and just enjoyed it so much. But um, because of my history with that game, never, I guess, kind of just going full force through through the game from beginning to end without interruptions, I um, I really enjoyed that, that opportunity to do it with the Nintendo Switch version. It was so charming. I love the graphics in that game. And uh, it can be one of the trickier ones, or at least yeah. it was for me, where you can... You know, there's only one way to get forward and, and you haven't quite figured it out yet. Mm-hmm. And you're kind of re-canvassing the map, trying to figure out what you missed, but it's just that much more rewarding once you finally do. And the story is is just so sweet mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, I understand now why it's such a fan favorite.
1: Absolutely. And I think uh, in talking about The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening, we would be remiss to not mention The Ballad of the windfish. I just Oof. have to give a shout out to that song. That song pierces my very soul. It's so beautiful. <laughs> Something about it captures all of the the different feelings and emotions of the journey of that game. So mm-hmm. uh, I didn't, didn't want us to pass by without mentioning that song. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And I think it just, it, it must be said that for the entire series, I think that's one of the things that The Legend of Zelda is, is well known for is, is some really memorable music. Mm-hmm. And I think everyone has their favorites. I think uh, the Legend of Zelda: Ocarina of Time is one that is particularly remembered for how many great, great tunes are in that. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then of course in the more modern versions, the orchestral soundtracks can be just be so sweeping and epic. Um, you know, that's that's a whole other way to experience the series is just to sit there with the the music in it. And mm-hmm. that's one of those things when I'm playing Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, I can just go in and set <laughs> these, uh, you know, have a field day just playing all these different songs in that in that mode. And you know, while we're talking about, or, or maybe you know, segueing a little bit from uh, the Legend of Zelda: Link's Awakening. You know, that is one of the games along with the original Legend of Zelda and Zelda 2 The Adventure of Link that are included in the new um, classic game, or game & Watch system. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, the Game & Watch Legend of Zelda system that just came out recently. Have either of you had a chance to try that out?
1: Yes, yes. Uh, that's one that I, I was, uh, again, had the great honor of being able to work on. And it is just a beautiful piece of machinery. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's just a joy. It's a treasure for any fan of the Legend of Zelda series. Those three games all in one package and being able to switch between them, even switch between the languages, uh, it's mm-hmm. it's it's just so cool. And uh, also having the uh, Legend of Zelda-themed version of Vermin, I feel mm-hmm. like that is so, that's my favorite Game & Watch game. So the fact <laughs> that that's the one that they chose just feels like a, a gift from from Nintendo.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I I actually had the opportunity to work on that as well from the product marketing side. And I will um, call out uh, a short series of three articles that folks can look up on Nintendo.com that are all about the many secrets that are packed into that system. Um, So this is an article. You could probably find it by looking up the Legend of Zelda secrets series. Um, or just secret series when you're on Nintendo.com, but um, there are some hidden button commands that will help you get your way through the game. Um, there are some hidden Easter egg images you can see, and all sorts of little goodies that are tucked into the system. And that I think the the development team for this, which was led by Takashi Tezuka, um, direct you know director of the original Legend of Zelda game. Um, you know, they I think wanted to pack in uh, secrets and and mysteries and things to find and discover, which are kind of a hallmark of uh, the series in my mind. Um, and I love that they packed in all these things. I won't give what, what all of them uh, away. What all of them are, but I would recommend going and checking out those articles.
1: Ethan, would you say it's a secret to everybody?
2: <laughs> well, it's not now <laughs> I'm because sorry. I'm I'm talking about it. But uh, yeah,
0: <laughs> nice call out. That's awesome. I, I, I'm going to have to look those up myself. I knew you know, there was some fun interactive things you could do with uh, the digital clock and mm-hmm. the timer on the system uh, that were very uh, themed after the original Legend of Zelda. But all right, I'm going to have to see what these yeah, all are. All sorts of
2: differences <laughs> and, between the different language versions of those games um, that you can hear from the audio to some graphical differences. Um, so folks who are fans will want to check that stuff out, I think. That's right, because the original Legend
0: of Zelda, uh, and maybe Zelda 2, The Adventure of Link, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. But I know that, um, I believe it was for the Famicom Disk System in Japan, which allowed for some, uh, maybe some uh, some slightly spiced up audio. Mm-hmm. So when you do um, look at those, uh, those different versions of the game side by side, or, or especially if you listen to them, you can tell some differences. That'll be fun for uh, fans to discover if they... I've never experienced that before. Yep. And then when it comes to me, I just you know I, I'm I'm a bit older uh, than you guys, and I you know I remember as a kid seeing all those Game and Watch systems <laughs> at the at the store, kind of behind a glass case, and I was only ever able to get one of them. I think it was Donkey Kong Two, the Game and Watch, and um, and I always wanted to have them all. So <laughs> it, it for me, it's just pure '80s nostalgia to 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 grab one of these. Just like when the Super Mario Brothers edition came out, uh, I just First of all, I just want to have it, just to have it and look at it and have it on my desk. But then, to be able to just pop in really quickly and play yeah. any of those old games again, yeah. it's just so fun. That's so true. Love, Oh, go ahead, Audrey.
1: Oh, sorry, I was just going to say real quick. When you get either of those uh, new Game and Watch releases, uh, for half a second you think, "I don't even want to take it out of the box. It's so beautiful. <laughs> I should preserve it." And then you just tear it right out and dive in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: The yeah. box in and of itself is pretty cool, though, with the mm-hmm. little slip case, the c through slip case with the different images yep. on it. And um, and then, you know, uh, before we move on, I just got to say, you know, there's really not much that can be said about this game yet. But, of course, like most everyone else who has a Nintendo Switch, I'm so looking forward to next year and finally getting to see the sequel to The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. You know, whenever it's ready. Uh, I just can't wait to finally dive back into that kind of experience again and see what new surprises are cooked up. I probably watched the two trailers for that game about a hundred times by now. <laughs> I'll probably watch them a hundred more times before the game actually comes out.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think all uh fans of the Legend of Zelda series are anxiously anticipating twenty twenty two.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I may have to uh to plan a vacation day that day. We'll see. Or maybe a vacation week. <laughs> <laughs> So um, we're going to continue talking about the Legend of Zelda series, uh, but we're going to move on to the next segment that we call Player's Pulse. And so a few days ago, we asked Nintendo fans on Twitter a few questions about the Legend of Zelda series, uh, as usual, just for fun. And first off, we asked, um, who was your favorite champion from the Legend of Zelda Breath
2: of the Wild? Um, Before we
0: hear what the fans voted for, Ethan, uh, who was your personal favorite champion? We've got Daruk. Mifa, Revali or Urbosa.
2: I mean again, it's hard for me to pick favorites. Um I love Urbosa. Um she's just so iconic and strong and I don't know tall and she's just so cool you know I'm like I want to grow up to be Urbosa Um, so yeah but I I do I do really like them all I love the different personalities they have and how they kind of are representatives of the different you know peoples you know that that you know in the different realms of of Hyrule Um, but I think I'll go with Urbosa this time Audrey, how about you? Do you have a favorite champion?
1: Rivali forever. <laughs> Rivali's my favorite. I love him more than it's reasonable to love him. Um, uh, I, I just do. Especially if you if you go and find and read his diary from mm. uh, the DLC, uh, the Champions uh, Ballad. It's so you really get an insight into that feathery head of his. And I just I don't know. I have a soft spot for characters who kind of put up a front, and it yep. seems like everything comes to them so easily, but then you find out that they actually have a bit of a chip on their shoulder, and they're actually trying so hard, and they care so much more than than they they let anyone else see. So uh, now that I've seen Intervalli's heart, I know how pure it is, and I just love him <laughs> so much.
2: <laughs> I can't believe you read his well, diary.
1: No, <laughs> I know. I read every page. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't know if I could really pick one, but so what I'm going to do is just go with the uh, the fans in this instance who voted for Mifa, with 36 percent of the vote. Huh. Uh, I thought it was uh, you know she was formidable as well, and I thought it was cute, uh, kind of uh, that she was a bit sweet on Link. Yep, and <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so that's who they voted for on this one. But it was pretty after that; it was pretty evenly split. So
2: I think a lot of people end up you know going to Zoro's domain first. Um, so, you know, maybe there's a little bit of, you know, that's the, the first champion you encounter and, uh, you know, first love type thing, but, uh, yeah, Mika's they're all diary really is pretty be, yeah. special too. go, go read everyone's <laughs>
1: diary, be a terrible person. <laughs> and since, uh, he, he wasn't any of our choices. I, I have to say that Daruk is amazing. He's a close second. I love champion Daruk. He's, he's so lovable. I feel like we almost all take him for granted, but, uh, he's, he's amazing too. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I could hang out and drink some longan milk with Darude.
1: <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Have some some rock steak. <laughs>
0: All right. The next question was: Which system did you play your first Legend of Zelda game on? Was it Super NES or older? Nintendo 64, Nintendo GameCube, or Wii, or newer? Um, mm. Anybody want to guess? Uh, I mean, of course, this is uh, you know this isn't a, a very scientific study. It's the people on that day who were were gracious sure. enough to respond to our our Twitter poll. Um, but what do you think would have would be the era that most of these uh, most of these respondents oh. first started the series on?
1: I I don't think I want to know. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I feel like it's going to be N sixty four GameCube. Was that a category where those two together? There were two separate categories okay. actually: Nintendo sixty four and game, Nintendo GameCube. I'm going to guess Nintendo sixty four. I don't know if that's right, but I just have a, an, an inkling about that.
1: I'm going right. to I'm gonna hop on to that guess as well and say maybe uh, The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time pulled a bunch of people in.
0: Well, you're both close. That was the second mm. uh, biggest vote getter at 25%. Uh, but actually, We Are Newer Whoa. was at 39%. Oh, wow. So, yeah. That makes sense. That does make me
2: feel a little bit I old. wonder because... <laughs> yeah. um, I knew I didn't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder because... You know, uh, The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild brought so many people into, you know, The Legend of Zelda tent. Uh, A lot of them, you know, probably for the first time or at least the first time in a long time. So that may be part of that reason.
0: Definitely. That makes sense to me. All right. The final question that we asked was simply, can you wait to bomb some Dodongos? And the the, (laughs) the choices were yes or no. (laughs) So, Audrey, can you wait to bomb some Dodongos?
1: No. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean, they do like smoke. They like smoke, so they you do. Know, <laughs>
1: um,
2: you know why? Why not? Let's let's give the the Dodongos what they like. Let's bomb mm-hmm. them.
1: You should wait, but you, eh, you shouldn't. <laughs> yeah,
2: fifty nine percent
0: of the respondents could not wait to bomb some Dodongos. <laughs> Which uh, I agree with. I I never get tired of feeding them bombs, watching their eyes kind of bulge comically (laughs) as they realize they're going to have really bad indigestion. I still have a
2: strong (laughs) memory of, um, you know, it was so interesting as somebody who grew up, I think like you guys, playing the original games on, you know, whether it was the NES or the SNES, like – um seeing, you know, Dodongo was such a, in a kind of an iconic memory or a, a boss in, in that first Legend of Zelda game where you had to – you couldn't just whack at it with a sword because it's too tough. So you had to feed it bombs. And then seeing how they recreated that in um, Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time um, in, uh, you know, one of the dungeons – where you're doing the same thing but it's in this very different 3D style of gameplay but if you you know if you're somebody who experienced that first game you'll totally get the callback and probably know a hint about how to defeat the enemy um so yeah it was just cool to see how they reimagined it
1: it's so true. And I feel like uh, for people who kind of grew up with these games like we did, or even for people who, I, I know some people who have started their kids on, you know, the original games yep. and are letting them progress through them in their release order, you you really get to see the progression of these ideas, how uh, so many things that started in the original game have a through line yep. in, into the, even the recent games. It's really, yeah. as a fan, it's just such a joy to see that that attention to detail and that that legacy.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then, you know, I really like in, uh, I think the first Hyrule Warriors game where you encounter this giant Dodongo and you're just, at that point, you're just chucking bombs <laughs> into it, like just spamming the bombs in there. Uh, so, yeah, no matter how you do it, it's always fun to feed some bombs <laughs> to <a> Dodongo. True. <laughs> so, now we're going to move on to Nintendo Power Game Club. In this episode, we're going to dive into the original Legend of Zelda game for NES in honor of the game's 35th anniversary this year. Um, now, as we've kind of talked about earlier, this is the game that started it all with our first looks at Link, Ganon, Princess Zelda, the Triforce, and lots more. Um, it came in that shiny gold NES game pack originally, in that gold box with a full-color instruction book and a fold-out map, which were really rare items back mm-hmm. in those days. Um, and it was a totally different kind of game. Um, and I think that's what really you know, kicked this series off was, was the fact that Compared to all the straightforward action games that were out at that time where you kind of just went from point A to point B, kind of punching and kicking enemies, Uh, The Legend of Zelda was this giant maze, Uh, you know, the overworld was a giant maze, which led to lots of other smaller dungeon mazes, the game didn't tell you, you know, where to go or what to do, except for the rare kind of cryptic clue from someone in a cave that you might find. And uh, you know, even the locations of the dungeons were a mystery. You know, you might have to burn down some random tree just to find the entrance. Mm-hmm. And in an era before the internet, or strategy guides, or even before an Nintendo Power magazine was out, you know, you could only really rely on your your own wits to solve this game, or whatever tips you might uh, tips you might trade with your friends at school. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was a strangely kind of social game in that way. Um, So, before we start digging in on this game, um, we did ask the fans on our social channels to share their memories of the game, and I want to read three of their comments here. First, we have one from Daniel who said, "Uh, "'My mom got my dad an NES in 1988 for his 30th birthday, and The Legend of Zelda was one of the games purchased alongside it. In 1994, I was five years old and finally wanted to give it a shot. It took nearly a year, but Dad and I finished the game together. And that feeling of satisfaction, along with getting lost in the game's world, is what got me into gaming and playing to this day. And then Mike shared, um, Mike said, I remember playing this game with friends at school. We would be on the phone with each other while we found new secrets and hidden items. Nintendo Power wasn't around yet, so we would make diagrams of the labyrinths and share them with our group. It was so much fun and probably made me get into RPG and strategy games. This game was the first of its kind for us kids because it required us to think and strategize as we moved forward in the game. And then finally, Colby um, said, I used to play The Legend of Zelda as a kid and I loved every second of it, but I never ended up beating it. Now I'm married and I'm introducing The Legend of Zelda to my wife. When one of us loses, we pass the controller. It's been awesome showing her my childhood games and seeing how much she enjoys them. So I thought those were some great, um, some great memories, and, and kind of reminded me of a lot of my experiences with the series. Audrey, what was your your first experience with the game like?
1: Yeah, I think what what stuck in my mind more than anything was, as you kind of touched on, that open world, non linear nature of the gameplay. It it really just made it feel like this this living world and this. This true personal adventure in a way that I'd never experienced in a game or anything really before. It just, uh, it captured the joy of exploration for me. Uh, you know, and as a kid, you don't get to exactly run out and <laughs> go anywhere you want with the sword slaying monsters <laughs> when you're a kid or maybe even as an adult. So uh, having that outlet to explore and uh, kind of unravel these mysteries, uh, it really instilled a, a yearning for mystery in my heart at at such a young age, and uh, I I just, I loved it. Uh, Also, uh, Tezuka-san's kind of myth-inspired storytelling, you know, I I was really young when I played it, but I've appreciated that more as I've gotten older, just uh, having the whole fate of the world at stake, the kingdom of Hyrule is kind of... You know, when you start the game, it's engulfed in chaos, and it's threatened by darkness, and it's only by joining these these powerful elements, the courage of the hero, the power of the gods, and the, the hidden pieces of wisdom that must be recovered, represented by Zelda, and by uniting them, you bring peace and light to the world. Those are just such high stakes and such heavy concepts that they they really leave such a, a deep impact on you, even if you're very young when, when you first play the game. So that's why I think it's just such a, a beautiful, timeless story. And it had such an impact on me. It still does when I play it.
0: Absolutely. Well, Ethan, uh, how about you? And also when you think back on this game, or maybe when you play it again now, what jumps out at you the most?
2: Um, I mean, listening to you guys talk about it so far, um, one of the things that jumps out, uh, at me is how much they got right in that first, uh, game. And like one of the things Audrey was mentioning was kind of the through lines that you see, um, run through the series that are still in the, uh, the series today, you know, with, uh, games like Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, um, you know, just the, the audio cues that you get when you discover something or when you find an important item. Uh, and the fact that if you go back to that first game, Link finds an item and holds it up over his head, you know, and he still is doing that <laughs> to this day. Um <laughs> You know, looking for environmental clues uh, like cracks in walls to 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 you know open new entrances with your bombs, um, places uh, to 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 use your items uh, that that you've newly acquired. This that pattern, that structure of, you know, starting kind of with nothing, um, slowly acquiring you know powerful tools and and items that give you new abilities, and then um, using those to access new areas um, is still something, even though the structure of a game like Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild is is different and much more vast, um, you know, you know, with the new technology we have available, um, a lot of what you're doing the format is still, um, you know, holds true. And you can see, again, that this is uh, undeniably like a Legend of Zelda game. Um, and uh, that's one of the things that I find so impressive, that that has stayed consistent throughout the series. Um, but going back to that first game, I just, I I just have a strong memory of mystery, the mystery around that game. Um, you know, I, I still, I I don't know, and I probably should try and talk to a couple of people who still work here and, and worked here when that, that game was first brought to, um, you know, our territory. Um, but in, in Japan, you know, like you said, Chris, the original Legend of Zelda came out on the Famicom disk system, um, and the packaging for those games, if you haven't seen them, is pretty small. Um, you know, there was a floppy disk you had. You had some, you know, had an instruction manual that was in there, but it wasn't, you know particularly remarkable um and about a year later when they finally brought the game out here in america um it it like you said arrived in this gold box with this gold cartridge and it was called the legend of zelda and we all take that name now it's just okay it's completely second nature but like what does that mean? There was no explanation who is Zelda? Why is there a legend about him, her? What who is this person? And um there was so much mystery around that and why did this game get this special treatment? You know, um and come like you said Chris with this pretty hefty uh, full color guide that came with it um and and a full map. Uh, it just seemed there seemed I think even as kids we realized like Nintendo is doing something special with this game and there's there's a lot in here um, and and I think it really was rewarding if you kind of picked up on that to, to dig in and spend your time with it um, you know it really gave back to you uh, to those of us that were able to puzzle out all of its its secrets. Um, I could go on for <laughs> a long time, but there's so many just so many little details in that game that I think are are funny and and great like you know, there, you would occasionally wander into a room in a dungeon that had, you know, six or seven enemies, and they had this concept of the ringleader enemy, which hasn't really stuck around in the series. But you would occasionally find an enemy, and if you attacked the right one and defeated it, it would defeat all the rest of the enemies in that room. Um, uh, there, you know, there are other other you know interesting things like the two types of candle that you got, where one. You know, the first candle you could only use once uh, per screen to to burn something, and then you'd have to to go to the next screen and and come back. And then finally you got the candle that you could just use as much as you want, and you were just like burning everything in sight. Um, so, yeah, lots of, lots of memories, lots of little details. But I it just is really impressive to me with all these years in between where we are now and that first game how much – Kind of still remains true about that formula, and how much um, you know, how much of that first game you can still see in games like uh, Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild.
1: It's so true, and building on uh, points that you already said, Ethan, uh, the way that that game combined. Uh Th- this world of mystery with kind of a a pretty quirky sense of humor <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, that combination was so stirring and it's something that's really lasted into all Zelda games since and mm-hmm. even back then back when gaming technology was still pretty much in its infancy you-, you could see that there and I think that's another thing that was so memorable about that mm-hmm. game.
2: You didn't know if you were going to get a new heart container for breaking open a a wall with your bomb or if somebody was going to charge you a door fee to repair their door for for breaking in there.
0: Yeah, I can remember just… Playing that game late into the night and literally just walking along a cliff face and just bombing every square until <laughs> you hear that, you know, that discovery chime and you realize you found something. And then you pop yep. in and, yeah, they just want you to pay them back for the damage you just got yeah. But, yeah, I'll... you got to
1: do it. You've got to bomb. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And then the same with burning every bush, you uh, know, especially after you realize that one of them is the entrance to a dungeon, then you, uh, you go on the warpath. But yeah, that yep. that's a game where I, you know, I can never think about that game without without uh, you know my my memory of it being influenced by the, the feeling of that first experience playing it, and it was mm-hmm. so amazing. And you mentioned that that gold packaging, it really worked as a marketing tool, I guess, mm-hmm. because I'd never heard of the game at the time that it it came out. I just saw it show up in the store one day. But that that gold box with the little die-cut window that showed the gold cartridge underneath I knew it must mm-hmm. be like, this is top class right here. This is Nintendo going all out. So, you know, even without even knowing what the game was, I knew I had to have it. And... Um, I would take that instruction manual and the, and the and the map to school every day, and at lunch I would just kind of pore over it and <laughs> talk to my friends. And of course, some you, you, the chatter at school about the Legend of Zelda was, you know, you get some bad information, and somebody would claim something that wasn't yep. true. So you never knew <laughs> yeah. quite sure what yeah. was going to work until you tried it, but. Um, but it was, uh, you know, what we've kind of been saying. It was back then. You didn't know what was or wasn't possible. They basically just started the game. You don't even have a sword. You go in the very first cave mm-hmm. you see, and and they give you a weapon. And then if if you go in the right direction, just a few screens north, and then I think one to the to the west, and you're at the first dungeon. Um, and and that's when I pick up the game and replay it now. I find that it's uh, it still has all of that. You know the, the the discovery and everything you expect from a Legend of Zelda game, but it's one of the snappier ones, right? Because um, there's constant um, yeah. enemies on the screen, and you, you can you can kind of bop 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 to that first dungeon and pass it relatively quickly. And I feel like it's one of those games where I'm always uh, I'm I'm checking things off the list and I'm ready to move on to that next thing. And before you know it, I've I've spent hours playing the game and I'm you know deep into it. Um, it's just that mm-hmm. kind of game that pulls you in and. And, uh, and you know, it's also we talked about the Dodongos before, but and similar to the games that would come later in the series, but, you know, you also have some really intimidating enemies like wallmasters, and you know, who'll grab you and oh carry gosh. you back to the start of the dungeon. So, uh uh I think the pole's voice Lionel yeah wizard yeah so this
1: <laughs> even the enemy
0: encounters become a little bit of a puzzle to solve right
2: because you can't just walk mm-hmm. up to everything and and you know brute force it I still have like I still have a, a sense memory of where you get the white sword and there is this like blue lionel, and you learn just the 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 impact of color coding an enemy. You know, is it a red one or a blue one? And the blue ones were always way scarier because they would hurt you worse, and they you know they would take you know more slashes with your sword to kill or whatever. And I still just have that that memory of like, oh no, it's a blue one. I know. Okay.
1: <laughs> it, it makes you wonder about if anybody played uh, The Legend of Zelda: Ocarina of Time first and fell in love. Up with the Zora there and then yeah. went back for uh, the original <laughs> The Legend of Zelda and uh, we're not quite so pleased with their reception by the River Zora. <laughs>
2: I know.
0: Every Zora in you know, every lake you pass by just has to take a shot at you for some reason.
2: Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> but, um, I, I, you know, and the other thing we haven't touched on yet that another kind of revolutionary thing about The Legend of Zelda was... Uh, you know, it had a, a battery backup. You could actually save your progress. Mm-hmm. And at the time, you know, outside of computers and floppy disks, that really wasn't a common thing. Um, you know, there had started to be some games like Kid Icarus and Metroid where, you know, you had a password save, which, you know, was better than nothing for sure, but, you know, it took some time to jot down the password. And here here comes this game, that's The Adventures. So the scope of it is so big, they're not even going to pretend you could finish this in one sitting. You know, there had to be something special to, to make sure you saved your progress. And, um, yeah, it's just, uh, so many new things with that game. And, uh, you know, I will admit that when I go back and play it now, usually, uh, uh, on Nintendo switch online with the NES collection there, uh, I don't hesitate to use the spin points. So saving is even easier (laughs) than it ever was multiple saves basically. And then the rewind feature as well, because the action can get really challenging in those dungeons. You, you can't, Again, you don't want to just kind of want to charge through things even when if it's a room full of skeletons or little little blobs, you kind of got to methodically make sure you're, you're 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 on top of your game or you can very quickly slip up and uh yep. and go back to have to go back to the start of the dungeon.
1: Yeah, back in our day, there weren't save states and you had to walk 3 miles in the <laughs> snow to save your game. <laughs>
2: exactly. <laughs> Yeah, don't <laughs> don't just hit that power button though. You got to hold the reset oh. button down while well before you hit power.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that's right.
2: All the little rules.
0: Uh, well, I think I got to continue playing through this game uh, even more now. It's uh, it's just brought back too many cool memories. But um, for now, we'll move on to Warp Zone. And this time, instead of um, doing the usual quiz questions uh, in honor of the Legend of Zelda series, we're gonna take a totally different kind of quiz. Um, So what we're gonna do is we're gonna focus on one important aspect of one very memorable game, which is the Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. And we talked about the Ocarina songs uh, a little earlier, uh, but how well do you think you remember those songs? Um, We're gonna see exactly how well you remember them because I'm gonna play three of my favorites, and we'll see if the two of you can work as a team to remember what what any of them are or maybe even, uh, you know, what they're called or what they what they do. So um, uh, are you guys ready to give it a shot?
1: We've got this. Yes. <laughs> Nervous,
2: but Audrey is here, so
0: everything's going to be fine.
1: <laughs> I'm terrible at this type of game, but great at <laughs> Zelda. So let's see how that that merges
0: <laughs> all right so uh, if you do know what it is right away please wait till the song's over um, just to give everyone who's listening a chance to guess all right here we go the Got first it. the first one all right any guesses as to which song this is that's
1: it's a pony song
0: nice yep and you know what yep. and of course <laughs> I'm sure you know what it does.
1: It calls a Pona.
0: <laughs> right? Your trusty steed. All right. One for That's one. Right. This might be too easy for you guys. You ready for the second one? Yep. Oh, yeah. Here we go. All right. Which ocarina song is
2: this? Is it the Song of Storms? It is. <laughs> it is right? the Song that, of Storms. I, well done. So like, I... <laughs> I, I was trying to remember the actual name of the song because I know that's the song that plays in the windmill in Cacarico Village, which is where I have like my memory of it, hearing it a lot. That's also my ringtone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great! <laughs> but then, yeah, right. Then you eventually acquire it yourself.
0: This is one of those little video game jingles that just will randomly pop into my head, like year after yep. year. It just—I'll mm-hmm. find myself whistling it. And uh, of course, it's used to uh, to bring the rain. All right. And here is the third and final uh, ocarina song. All right. I'm betting one of you knows which uh, song this is.
1: Song of Time.
0: Yep. Nice. Yep. Used to open the door of time and the temple of time to get the master sword. Pretty crucial uh, tune that you have to learn there.
1: Beautiful I find songs. It, oh, go ahead. Uh, just That's all I had to add. Beautiful, beautiful <laughs> songs.
2: <laughs> They're beautiful. Um, no, I find it interesting, Chris, that uh, I was expecting like, you know, like deep cuts from like the soundtrack, but you actually went with like all – ocarina tunes which is interesting um they're definitely a super iconic part of of that game so
1: i was expecting bolero of fire requiem of spirit <laughs> nocturne of shadow the deep cuts
2: <laughs> shadow temple
0: yeah I, I you know i love uh i love how these tunes well all, all of them really kind of keep coming back in in later games as well yep. mm-hmm. you'll find them kind of mixed yep. in in new arrangements so uh, it's mm-hmm. fun maybe if you, people haven't heard them in that, that kind of original pure form before to go back to the beginning. Well, awesome, three for three. Perfect job, you guys. And now we're gonna move on to Game Forecast. So before we go, we're gonna take a quick look at some of the Nintendo Switch games that recently released or are coming soon. So I'll read through the list here and then we'll see what pops off to you guys. Um, first of all, on November 16th, we had Hextech Mayhem a League of Legends story from Riot Forge. We also had Ruin King, a a League of Legends story from Airship Syndicate and Riot Forge and uh, Surviving the Aftermath from Ice Flake Studios and Paradox Interactive and The Wild at Heart from Moonlight Kids and Humble Games. Then on uh, November 19th, we had Nerf Legends from Fun Labs and Game Mill. And of course, Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Pokemon Shining Pearl from Nintendo. On November 23rd, uh, we had Death's Door from Acid Nerve and Devolver Digital. On November 25th, there was Deer Simulator, your average everyday deer game from Jibbeer uh, Games and Playism. <laughs> On December 3rd, we had Big Brain Academy Brain vs. Brain from Nintendo, and also Duncan Ropa Decadence uh, from Spike Chunsoft. And this is a collection that includes uh, Duncan Ropa Trigger Happy Havoc Anniversary Edition, uh, Duncan Ropa 2 Goodbye Despair Anniversary Edition. Duncan Ropa Version 3 Killing, or rather V3 Killing Harmony Anniversary Edition, and Duncan Rampa uh, S Ultimate Summer Camp, all of which can also be purchased individually. And then also on December 3rd we had Disney Magical World 2 Enchanted Edition from Bandai Namco Entertainment. And on December the 8th we've got Sam and Max Beyond Time and Space from Suncape Games. And then finally on December 9th we have two titles. Super impossible road from gunstone Studios wonderful lasers and rogue games and Loop hero from four quarters and devolver digital now that's quite a lot there and that's just a sample of the games that have been coming out here recently um but Ethan we'll start with you is there anything here that you're especially looking forward to or or maybe even have given a chance uh, taken a chance to play already
2: there's actually a bunch on this list I was kind of surprised um, that I want to check out um, and maybe we'll try to do that uh you know during the the winter break. Um, but I, so I'm not somebody who's played uh, League of Legends at all. But um, some things I've seen about uh, the Ruined King uh, have been kind of exciting to me. So I I'm, I'm think I'm going to take a look at that. Um, Deer Simulator. I think there's a number of Es in that. <laughs> is it <that laughs> Deer is. Simulator? Is that right? Yeah. Uh, um, that. Oh, yep. go ahead. Yep, Deer Simulator, your average everyday Deer game. <laughs> right. So that was something that was completely not on my radar, but then I saw some video of that uh, online and thought this looked uh, weird and incredible and, and want to check that out. Um, then on the Nintendo side, I know my family uh, and I are going to be playing um, some Big Brain Academy together, um, given that uh, you can set some different levels you know, uh, based on... Uh, the age of you know people you're playing with so that you're kind of on an even playing field. Um, and so my kids have never played um, a, a Big Brain Academy game before, but I think they're really going to enjoy it. So that's when we're going to break out. Um, and then I've also never played Loop Hero, but I've heard tons of people talk about it. Um, and I feel like this is kind of my opportunity now that it's uh, coming to Nintendo Switch that I can uh, jump in uh, and find out uh, what all the buzz has been about. Awesome. Solid picks. Um, Audrey, how about you?
1: So lots of good stuff on that list, but I only have eyes for Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Pokemon <laughs> Shining Pearl. Um, I've got, I had it pre-ordered. I was ready to go as soon as it released. Uh, I, I've been a Pokemaniac maniac since I first fell in love with Bulbasaur in that world in Pokemon Blue, and I haven't missed a core game since. Uh, so I, I love uh, Pokemon Diamond and Pokemon Pearl. The those games when they came out on Nintendo DS were actually. The first pokemon games that i played with my husband so it has kind of a special place in my heart and I am, i'm going to put a lot of time into into those games
0: that's awesome actually pokemon diamond version on nintendo ds was the first pokemon game that i actually played all the way through so uh i'm yes. really excited to to try the, the the new version i'm also really excited about big brain academy brain versus brain uh you know we played um my my kids and i played big brain academy we against each other Uh, and uh, i love those types of um you know quick competitive kind of fun almost like a party atmosphere when you're when you're going up against your friends or your family so i'm definitely going to be um playing that a lot with them the new version um so yeah that's a lot of good stuff and uh, i think uh you really can't go wrong Uh, it's nice to know there'll be a lot of good fun things to check out on during the winter break like you said ethan Mm mm-hmm and uh, that about wraps things up. So, Ethan and Audrey, thank you so much for coming on the show. And I can't wait to talk to you again. Uh, probably even more about Legend of Zelda in the future. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Sounds
1: good. Thank you so much, Chris. <laughs> Have a wonderful holiday break.
0: Thanks. You too. Yeah, Five you guys one.
2: too. This was awesome. Bye.
1: Bye. Bye
0: that's it for this episode of Nintendo Power Podcast. If you have any comments or questions you'd like us to consider answering on the show, you can email us at PowerPodcast at noa.nintendo.com. Also, we always appreciate it if you can leave a review, and be sure to subscribe so you get new episodes as soon as they're ready. Thanks for listening, and keep playing with power.